Uh, let me pray. Dear God, thank you so much for this morning, the opportunity we have to worship you. We don't need more of me. We just need more of you. We don't need more of ourselves. We need more of you. We come into this room, all different kinds of areas of life, all different things. Some of us, maybe things have been great. Others, maybe we've been a little distracted or busy or things in life may be a little bit heavy. Whatever we come into this space, one of the things I love about it so much is while we're in community here, so deeply personal because you see each of us, you know what each of us needs. You're here to meet with each of us individually. So I pray that you just help us let down the distractions and the barriers that we have built up and do what only you can do, that you would stir in our hearts and move in us and draw us closer to you and help us to see more of you and help us to hear your voice and your word. We're so thankful for this opportunity that sometimes even I take for granted to just lean into who you are and what you want to do in our lives. Um, help me this morning. You know, I don't want to mess this one up. So help me just accurately relay your truth for us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're new or haven't been a part of the series yet so far, welcome. We're just glad that you're here. And uh, we've been walking through since the beginning of the year this series that is called New Year, Same You, because I'm frankly tired of all the New Year, New You kind of stuff. I tried that, and what I have learned is that I am not a good answer to what I want to see more of in life. I need something bigger, something better than just me. Because if I could have figured it out already, guess what? I would have figured it out already. Last year would have been my best year ever, and it wasn't. It was an okay year, but like I'm realizing that I don't need more of me. I need more of God. And so this kind of like title for the series, the concept behind the series is like, hey, I need like, I need to just embrace what God's given me already. I just need to embrace the gifts he's given me, the purpose he's given me. I need to embrace more of who he is. And that's like the key to um, just having a way better year than you did last year. And the title for this one is a little bit different. Maybe you haven't heard something like this in church very often, but the title for this one is Same You, Little Faith. Little, little, small faith. And I hope that this morning is an encouragement to you. And maybe what you don't need is something real big. Maybe what you need is just something small. I'm going to read to you the passage we're going to base this out of in Matthew chapter 17 and verse 14 through 20. This, this account is also told in Mark chapter 9, and we'll jump there a little bit. And under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the gospel writers kind of focused in on different aspects of the same incredible story. And um, so we're going to start in Mark, Matthew, but we'll jump to Mark a little bit. And I'll kind of like pull some of that, story, that account into this one. Um, the disciples had been sent out to heal, and they were doing ministry on their own, and this man brought their son to him, and uh, the, the disciples were unable to heal the son. And I just want to give you that little bit of background before I, tell, I read this passage. In verse 14, it says, when they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire, into the water. 
I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. The other account gives a little bit of a clear picture of what that scene looked like, crazy. The, the dad, the disciples, a bunch of religious leaders gathered around. Everybody's arguing about why this son wasn't healed when the disciples prayed over him and did their thing that they had watched Jesus do so much. Jesus, in that account, sees a commotion and asks, what's going on? And that's when you have this incredible interaction with this father come up. You also learn that this rebuke here in 17 is a rebuke to the disciples. He goes on and he says, you unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long should I put up with you? Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of the boy and he was healed at that moment. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, why couldn't we drive it out? And he replied, because you have so little faith. Then this is where it gets interesting. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it'll move. Nothing is impossible for you. You ever try to do something that just didn't work? We, uh, I don't know if you put toys together anytime recently, um, like for maybe a nephew or a little brother or sister or uh, your, your grandkids or somebody that, you know, you bought. Like the, these crazy toys these days are just maddening. So we had bought this toy for my son and it was like this um, mechanical uh, hedgehog remote control hedgehog that you had to build. Now, the concept of this toy is pretty cool. You have like a million different parts in a box and you put all these million different parts. You have to build the engine to this thing itself. You put it like all together and then it's supposed to like wheel itself around the room and you hit a button and it rolls up into a ball and then you hit another button and it unrolls up into a ball and it reels around the room. What they forgot to add to the box that's filled with a million little tiny parts. And by the way, anytime you buy a toy and it says you might need a nail file to like file off the parts before you put it together, just throw it out and save yourself a lot of headaches. But we were excited about this toy and what was not included with the million pieces is something that I definitely needed, like an engineering degree. I know you engineers live for moments like this, but the rest of us, the last thing we want to do three days for the following three days after, after uh, Christmas is try to learn mechanical engineering all by ourselves with some little instructions that were clearly written in a different nation, right? Like, it's hard to understand. We spent so much time building this thing, like, piece by piece, pulling out little piece by little piece, and he was excited, so I was just dealing with it and trying to be patient and put this whole thing together. We finally got it together. I mean, three days of, like, working and taking a break and working and taking a break. No pay. Nobody's paying me. <laughs> Nobody's paying me for this. My reward is the joy and uh, we finally got it all together and we put it on the floor and we hit a button and this little hedgehog rolled like three inches and then it appeared to me that it just gave up on life. <laughs> it <didn't, laughs> that's how I was feeling too. It didn't curl up in a ball. It just kind of like three inches and just kind of like feet up. 
like on its down, feet up, like stiff, like just like a couple little spurts of like death rows and then done. This hedgehog, right? Like I get it, like I don't know. I felt like football punting it out of the window, but instead we're like, what is going, why didn't it work? We searched and tried to figure it out. Finally, we pulled the box out of the garbage. You know, it has like the plastic frames that everything's like snipped out of. Pulled it out of the garbage and we found this tiny, little, tiny, so small, little tiny black gear that should have been put in like on step four (laughs) of building the engine. It's just something so small, right? Like it didn't work. Something so small was missing that made the whole thing run the way it was supposed to run. Without that something so small, man, it was pretty useless. Without something so small, there wasn't the joy from that little toy that we should have had. It wasn't the fun and the excitement that that should have given us for a few brief moments in life. It was just something little small missing, making it not work. I hate when things don't work. When things don't work, I get really frustrated, whether they're funny, silly things like a remote control hedgehog or really big things like trying to put back a broken relationship or trying to get through something really difficult or trying to deal with something really heavy. When stuff doesn't work, man, I get really frustrated and what comes after the frustration is just disappointment and what comes after the disappointment is me just giving up. See, the more important the thing is in your life that you need to work, when it doesn't work, the greater the disappointment, the greater the frustration, the easier it is to quit and then just quit again and again and again. And I want to start by talking about when following Jesus didn't work. Maybe you've gotten the impression that following Jesus always works. I've said that. Pretty sure I've said that. I preached that. But you have in the beginning of this passage the disciples doing everything they were supposed to do. Just something small was missing. They went out like Jesus said to go out. It had to be scary. They took a big step, put themselves out there. They're trying to do ministry. Maybe they were even copying everything that they had learned and watched from Jesus, just trying to follow him, and it didn't work. You see, what happened wasn't in the following. It was in their belief. They did all the things Jesus said they should do. They just didn't believe Jesus when he said they could do it. It reminds me of so many people's religious experience these days. So you can come to church. You can go to a great church. You can come to this church. You can sing the songs. You can put the songs on. Like, talk about crazy, right? Like, you can turn off the gangster rap and turn up, <laughs> turn up like the, the worship music. You can, like, move on from Post Malone and start playing some Hillsong, right? Like, you can do all those crazy cool things like you can get a bible and you could read your bible and you could go to class you could do all the things you could do the membership thing you can look real spiritual you can sound real good you can know all the right stuff but still be missing something really small and maybe if you've been playing church and finding it unfulfilling maybe if you've been 
trying to wrap your mind around the idea of God, but it still seems so like, eh, what's the point? Maybe it has less to do with about the stuff you do and more to do about this little small thing that can't be missing in your life if you want to experience the joy, the peace, the excitement, and all that God has for you in this life. Disciples were like, man, they did it. They did it on paper, right. But something was still missing. This dad, we learn, who would be the example that, that, that would be held up for us and, and the disciples to follow. This dad, in this situation, he does something right. But I, I want to contest that it was a really big and brave thing that he did. That it was this huge faith-filled moment where he kind of like ran up to the feet of Jesus and said, I believe you, I give you everything, just heal my son. Like, no, that wasn't the case at all. It wasn't spectacular. It was small. It wasn't some strong step. It was rather weak and little, but he did it right. You see, taking the small right step in the right direction when it comes to faith is all that it takes to experience God's power in your life. People give up on God, though. There's a whole lot of us, there's sometimes I, me too, where we would have quit when the disciples failed us. Tons of people. I talk to them all the time. Quit God when the disciples fail them. Quit God when the people disappoint them. When the keep people don't live up to their expectations, when the church is hurtful or does something wrong, like just, I, I don't want to be so quick to give up on God because I've been disappointed and broken by people. This guy, he takes the next small step of weak faith in the right direction, and it changes everything for him. What if you could take a small step of weak faith in the right direction and it would change everything for you? I want to talk about this weird rebuke. This weird rebuke in here to the disciples is like, it's, like, it's not like, hey, you need, you're missing something big. It's like you, miss, you just missed something small. He shows up to the disciples and they're like, why didn't this work? And they're like, Jesus is like, you, you have such little faith. If only you had like this little itty bitty bit of it. The mustard seed. I don't know if you buy like horse mustard, you know, have any idea what a mustard seed looks like, right? Like, so, so mustard seed in their agricultural landscape in the Middle East in the time of Jesus would have been the smallest example that Jesus could have picked out to compare. Like in their farming system, there's nothing smaller at that time than the seed of mustard. And so Jesus is like pulling the tiniest little thing out, and in this rebuke, he's like, you have such little faith, if only you had like this much. Their, their mistake was not what they did following Jesus. Their mistake was that they didn't believe. It was just a little bit of faith. It's, it's, it's comparing none to a little. It's wrong expectations to right expectations. Here, Jesus' rebuke, as weird as it sounds, it's like, 
You just need this much. Just, you can do this much. You can muster up. See what I did there? <laughs> this, this much faith. I know that things we talk about in church sound big. I know when I preached, I made steps of faith sound really big and important. Not that long ago, we preached a message about buying a field, making a statement of faith. I know that sounds big. I know when you've heard that you gotta give up your cross daily, that sounds like a really big thing. I know that, that when you hear Jesus say, you need to deny yourself, that sounds like a really big thing. And maybe it is, but do you know how you get there? See, you deny yourself. Little by little by little. You pick up your cross one day at a time in little way after little way after little way. I know preachers like me, we get up here and we capture you in the emotion of it all and I can put the right pause at the right place and make the right joke at the right time. Add a little self-deprecating humor, then raise my voice, then lower my voice and draw you right in. And maybe the emotions of it all with the music kind of make you feel like there's something wrong with you if you don't have big faith or if you're not ready to take a big step or you're just not there yet. But, but please forgive me. The expectation Jesus has for you is little. He's not saying you have to have big faith. He's not saying you have to have perfect faith, unwavering faith. He's not saying you have to do something big. You're missing something big in life. His expectation of you is small. Just expect him to be who he says he is. Sometimes when I'm depressed, oh, pastors get depressed. Maybe you don't, anybody that teaches you anything different has a terrible theology of the fall and of our human condition. But the reality is we all go through some really hard stuff. When I'm feeling really depressed, it's hard to get out of bed. Even with kids that I love and wife, that's amazing. It's hard to, do the stuff I need to do. Everything feels like a burden and so, so heavy. What I've been doing recently is just trying to focus on the small thing that God has laid in front of me right now. Maybe just one small thing a day. One small step. One weak, shaky, small expression of faith will get you so much farther than you ever could have imagined. The mustard seed, man, is tiny. You probably have it. Unless you're here just to make the person you're sitting next to happy, 
if you came here with any kind of expectation at all, with any kind of hope that maybe God has something for you, with any kind of searching for more of him, you probably already have it. And God's expectation of you is not that you do something big for him. It's that you just trust him and expect him to be who he says he is in your life, even if you don't see it right away. Make faith your new expectation. Maybe this is a small step you could take this week. Make faith your new expectation. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Simply, faith is expecting God to be God. It's expecting him to show up. It's expecting him to work even when I don't see him working. It's knowing and trusting that he can do it even if I'm not sure if he's doing it right now. Faith is the new expectation. And when you take a little step of faith after little step of faith, when you have little faith and it's expressed in little ways in your life, what happens is big time hope starts to soak in to your soul. You learn as you take a little step of faith and you watch do something, God do something bigger than you expected. You learn as you take a little weak step of faith and you watch God do something different than you expected that turned out better than what you had planned. When you watch him show up even in the moments you didn't expect him to, when you see how he's working in all things for your good, when you watch him weave and move your path to exactly where you need to be in the moment, even through small steps of faith, hope grows in real big ways that's why God calls us in 2 Corinthians and 5 and verse 7. It says, for we live by faith, not by sight. Faith is how we're supposed to live. It's by faith you walk through those school hallways knowing that your identity is not what your peers tell you. It's by faith you know that you are not defined by the grades that you get in school. It's by faith you know that you have worth even if you get cut from the team. It's by faith you know that you are valuable even if your boss has been dragging you down. It's by faith you, you walk through relationships as they seem to shatter around you. It is by faith you place hope in knowing that God will secure your heart and bring healing, that he is close to the brokenhearted. It is by faith that you live your purpose even when you don't see any fruit. It is by faith that you walk into that doctor's office and you walk out of that doctor's office knowing that you are so much more than a mortal and broken body. It is by faith Faith that you keep loving that kid stuck in addiction, knowing that God can do something more than just your little acts of love placed in that person's life. It is by faith that we live, not by religion, not by a list, not by doing stuff. It's small. You can do it. It doesn't have to look pretty. You don't have to look like you got it all together. It doesn't have to sound really spiritual. It's small faith in a big God. By faith we live, and it's how we move mountains. That's a metaphor, right? 
There's nothing broke in you if you go out and look at the blue mountain. You sit down on the ground with the Bible and you pray and you say, God, move that mountain. And it doesn't move. Of course it doesn't move. It's probably not God's will to just move a mountain that he put there. Right? This is a metaphor. Jesus is saying, like, this is not about moving dirt. (laughs) It's about moving something so much more. It's about the insurmountable in your life. It's about what looks impassable in your life. It's about what looks impossible in your life. It's about those really big things that you have to walk through, that you have to walk over, that you have to get around in life. When it comes to the insurmountable, we walk through it. We watch as God moves it as we live by faith. Small, mustard seed faith. You want to know the key? to getting through the really big things, to getting through the really heavy things in your life, the key to getting through those, that big news, for dealing with that big stuff, or for coming out from under that big weight, dealing with all the big pressure, all the big expectations, all the big judgments you feel from other people. You know what the key is? It's really small. And sometimes shaky, faith placed in the right place, a really big God. The example that Jesus holds us up to is the dad, holds his disciples up to. And in Mark chapter 9, we get the rest of a different kind of like focus on this account. I love that the Bible does that, by the way. It uses the disciples and the apostles who, who, who write these words in such incredible ways and captures different pieces of the story for our good and our benefit. Mark chapter 9, it, it dives a little bit deeper into it. And in verse 21, it says, Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? And this part we've already heard from the Matthew account. He says, from childhood, it often throws him into the fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And what's maybe missed in that sentence is the if part. If you can do anything. And this part of this sentence gives me great encouragement because my language of faith usually is filled with ifs. It's not when. If is different than when. When's big confidence. I can't muster it most of the time. All I can muster when I'm going through difficult stuff and heavy things is if I sure Sure hope. I don't know if you can do it, if you will do it, but if you can, would you show up? Does that sound like your expression of faith? I, I can't muster anything bigger. Now mustard is stuck in my head. I can't, I can't do bigger than that. Sometimes I'm just too worn out or beat up. And something interesting happens here. Jesus calls him out on it. He says, if you talking about if? You're saying if? If I can? And then he gives him this little nugget of like encouragement. Everything, this is what's missing in the disciples. This is what's missing in my life too often. Everything is possible for those who believe. And then the most incredible moment in this entire passage The dad, man, the incredible response he gives, 
he immediately cries out, I do believe. Help me in my unbelief. It's the most unspiritual, beautiful expression of faith that I have ever heard. I'm not there yet. I want to be. I don't have it. I need it. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I have it all together and I have some big faith and I'm ready to take some big step and I'm going to give you all of my heart and all of my life. I don't even know what that means. But I need your help. I want to believe. Could you help me in my unbelief? And this is the beautiful example that Jesus holds up of mustard seed faith. And it's maybe what you need to make the cry of your heart. You see, the, the small steps of faith expressed in small ways throughout life. When you, when you take that small faith-filled step to say, I'm sorry. When you take that small faith-filled step to say, I don't have all the answers. You take a small faith-filled step to serve somebody, to love somebody. A small faith-filled step to offer words of encouragement when you're so frustrated all you want to do is cut somebody down. A small act of faith lived out in kindness to somebody else, in love to some. It's the small stuff, the small, little, weak unconfident sometimes, expressions of faith that we live out every day that unleashes God's power to accomplish his will in your life. It's not the big, it's the small. And you can do small. So the challenge for today, right, and I wish I could answer this for you, I don't know, what's the small Step of faith, your wobbly spiritual knees can take this week. It's a small thing God's calling you to. What's a, what's a way you can start to express that I trust you, I'm gonna believe you in these small ways even when I don't see it. Aren't you so glad that Jesus' expectation of us it's a little bit easier than our own expectation of ourselves and the pressure we put on each other to do it right and to be spiritual and to be a good Christian. Aren't you so glad that your weak, shaky, small steps of faith are enough for him to do incredible things in your life? Let's pray. God, we're so thankful for this story <laughs> Too often, maybe we miss what you're asking of us. It's not some huge, like overtly spiritual. Forgive me for the times where I've maybe insinuated that false expectation of what it means to follow you. Help us to just look for small ways our faith, as small as a mustard seed, can be expressed in our expectation of you being you as we walk through life. 
so thankful that we don't need more of us. That we just need more of you. Would you help us to embrace that this week? Would you grow our confidence? It's shaky sometimes. Would you grow our confidence in you? Would you help us see through the circumstances we're in and see that you are working to bring good out of them for those whom you love? So thankful for you, for the cross, for Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.